The Research and Experience Podcast. You are listening to the Research and Experience Podcast with your host, Mafio The Reminder and Andre Holston. The vision of the Research and Experience Podcast is to enrich and edify people's minds through self-mastery. Self-mastery being the ability to control one's mind from inner influence versus outer influence. Our motto is, if you knew better, you would do better. Control your mind, control your world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Research and Experience Podcast with your host, Mafio The Reminder, and Andre Holston. Today's topic of discussion will be, Our Thoughts Creates Our Realities. This conversation will be broken down into three parts, with the first part being ages 0 to 13, with an emphasis on age 0 to 5, which is the formation phase. Um, in this phase, um, we as babies, we're learning to open our eyes. We're learning to recognize colors and things of that nature, hear sounds and recognize voices. Um, that's the zero to five uh, age. And then, you know, as you get older, you learn to crawl, you learn to walk, and your exploration gets so much more advanced because of your growth and your movement. So that's kind of the, the, the stage of the formation in a nutshell. Uh, next stage is ages 13 to 21, where this is the action phase, where all of that information you gathered and all of these ideas and things that formed your per personality from age 0 to 13, now you put an action behind it because it is your reality and it is what you've become. And you're trying to figure things out because life progresses as stages and you're just progressing according to what you know and who you are as in your personality. And then the third and final stage of this pro um, conversation will be geared towards uh, ages 21 and on, and that's the becoming phase, where as you've taken the information, um, you've put it all into action, and now you have the results of it. And, um, you know, from those results, you, you know, one may want to ask themselves, uh, do I like the person I've become? Or, Am I going to change the person I've become? Or if so, how even do that anyway, you know? So, you know, um, I know that this has been a, a great, uh, I'm sorry, a very impacting point in my life, you know, and, and how I became to progress to who I am. And um, I think the listeners, you the listeners, will benefit greatly as well because it will give you the opportunity to see the other sides of your thoughts and the choices you've made and the decisions you've made. And, you know, you have the choice you made and then the possibilities of, you know, choosing the other side of that choice. So, you know, with that being said, um, man, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back and dive right into this. So stay tuned. Earl Nightingale said it best. We become what we think about most of the time. This is researchandexperience.com. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. Our topic, Thoughts Creates Our Realities, and the first phase is the formation phase. And um, I just wanted to start right here because, you know, um, as babies, we start to learn when we're in the womb. You know, uh, we get to recognizing um, voices, you know, of people who our moms are around. And, you know, you've probably heard some of the sayings where... <laughs> 
uh, the daddy come out or the baby come out saying, I know my daddy. Mm-hmm. I know my daddy voice because yeah. that daddy probably talked around that kid or read to that kid or mommy probably read to that kid. So that kid knows mommy's voice. So yeah. if it has siblings or, you know, things of that nature. I never thought of it like that, but that's that's probably why you see a lot of parents that will read to their kids while they're in the womb, guess, try, just trying to establish that bond. That exactly. Bond. Exactly. Okay. And And, you know, kids, I mean, babies when they're in the womb, you know, shocking situations or, or instances or events may make the kid, kid kick or what have yeah. you. Or they may hear that voice or hear all this commotion in the background and the mom say, oh, the baby kick, and everybody want them to run over and touch the baby's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, touch mommy's tummy to feel the baby kicking because the, the baby's just reacting to what it's being so, given. So with that being said, would you, would you argue that we start, like we start out, our lives taken in the outer influences before we before we go through the inner influences or do you think that there's something that's going on inner with us as well when we're in the womb and it's not just something where we're hearing the outside what's going on on the outside but do you think we might possibly feel the inside also at such a young stage i most definitely do Hmm. i most definitely do that's an interesting concept to uh to think about yeah as i juggle that in my head a little bit yeah i most definitely do because you know um Man, we start learning as soon as soon as our brain starts forming, you know. Yeah. Um, you probably hear like the develop, the, you know, you hear a lot of talks or research about the, the formation of the embryo and the baby and how it's coming, and they can tell if the baby's breathing right or mm-hmm. if, through ultrasounds, you know, uh, they can recognize uh, the sex of the baby or. You know, if the heart beats right with the baby, because this baby is starting to be formed. Mm-hmm. It's the formation process. Okay. You know, and it's being formed through information. It's being and put it into it. You okay. know, because at this point, they they probably not aware of how to influence from without. You know, they probably see that. Well, <laughs> they have to learn to see. You know, they have to recognize what it is to see. They have to recognize what it is to. You know, this arm is moving. This my arm is this attached to me. You know, and that's inner outer because you have to open your eyes. You have to. You have your body has to start moving before. Yeah, I'm you understand you. what I'm saying. <clears throat> so you know, that's the formation phase, and then the baby is born. You know, and brought into the world. So again, the baby is brought into a whole nother environment that it has to get to know because, you know, it was used to being wet all the time. Now it's dry. You know, it probably held its, learned to hold its eyes open in, in, in the womb, but now it's a totally different process of opening your eyes when it's dry. And then once you open your eyes, hey, what is this? I see things. I can relate things. And yes, I do, really do believe they have that skill because they probably hear their father and you see the baby look or turn their eyes because they're focusing on something that's common or something that's familiar or, you know, yeah. something that they recognize. So so during that stage, what do, you think <coughs> is, what do you think is the most important influence that's going on in, in a child's life from zero to five? Like, what do you think is the most important outer influence that might be influencing a child or us as, as children in that period? Whatever is around them the most. Whatever is around them the most. And I mean, that can be anything. Because, you know, typically we say mom would be around, but what about those motherless children? You know, what about those kids that don't have a mother or a mother died at birth? You know, it would be different for them or, you know, or vice versa. If that father wasn't around or if that male figure wasn't around or if that cat had siblings, how many siblings? How many of them siblings really interacted around mom and, you know, spent some time conversing around mom where that baby can become familiar or introduced to that yeah. that tone, that pitch, that you understand. Yeah. So when it comes out it recognizes, oh I, you know Yeah. A lot of a lot of what I've been reading as we talk about from age zero to five, a lot of what I've been reading um will also tell you that this is also the age where you're you're calling and you're what's been putting in your what's been put in your spirit to do it's when it's most evident. This is when you're really taking interest. Your your raw natural interest is mm-hmm. forming right here at this mm-hmm. stage of life. So typically, whatever you're interested in at this stage, like me, for example, I was writing stories 
that early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now here I am, 27 years old, and I love to write. Right. And I want to be a writer. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of times when, when you're looking for what you're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. that that's the area of life that you want to look to. What did you like at that time? Yeah. I used to like... Um, I would get shoe boxes and I would fill the shoe boxes up with like dirt and like grass and like rocks and okay. just make like a little community yes, yes. and then throw like ants and grasshoppers in it and then just kind of <laughs> watch them and see what they did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I loved learning about things and now mm-hmm. here I am and I still love learning about things. So yeah. you just kind of want to take that, whatever that calling was and flip it into something to where now maybe I can turn it into something that I can do with my life. Um, exactly. And zero to five is the age where you're usually going head first into what you love. Exactly. Because you have nothing else. It's, you know nothing else except exactly. what you love. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a couple points I want to touch on with that with you, babe, bro. Like, we naturally are hunters and gatherers and, you know, this, um, uh, discoverers. We want to explore, I mean. We are explorers because that's how we become to know things. Um, y- you see... Mom and dad cooking, we talked about the stove once before. You know, you don't know something's hot until you touch something hot. Mm-hmm. And so many times, so many people could tell you, but you're going to have to experience it. Or, you know, so we're, we're going to explore. We're going to do things. I hear a lot of times parents say, that kid is bad. No, how can a, a kid six, seven months be bad when what is bad to them they're just exploring Mm -hmm. and because their exploration you don't have or you don't prepare yourself to deal with the energy they're exerting in their exploration so you say man this kid bad or this kid is busy or this kid but we are explorers and you know if I had to do parenting all over again I would be there all day every day not being away from my child in age zero to five being away at college I would let my kid explore. Mm-hmm. I see, I've seen this happen with some parents where they be out in public or they do things and, and they let their kids explore. When on the other hand, you know, you have some parents, they want to keep the baby here. Don't do this. Yeah. Don't do that. You might do this. But I think that's a, it's a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because it could hinder the kid. It constricts them. Exactly. Yeah. So then as they grow up, they don't want to explore they don't or they want think to, it's wrong or they think and it's now wrong. they're 18 19 20 and up mm-hmm. and they don't even know how to do what they love they don't even know how to trust their their instincts mm-hmm. with they, what they want to do they've been conditioned conditioned to, you know do do what the stay outer in their inf- comfort zone exactly yes. they're, they're taking in what the outer influences are telling them that, that they should do and they're using that to try to make a living exactly instead of just look I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on my judgment and my mm-hmm. goodwill and mm-hmm. the energies in me, and I'm going to move forward and, mm-hmm. on that path. And, and that's exactly what I mean by, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You know, um, parenting. Man, just think about how you, well, I mean, you don't have kids yet, so think about if you were to be a parent, you know, where is all, all your information deriving from? Mm-hmm. Is it accurate? You know, you haven't put it to the test. You've been involved with kids to a very intimate degree, but they're not your kids, so mm-hmm. you can't put the 100% stamp on them as okay. much as even if you put the 99.9, because yeah, yeah, any yeah. kids you get love to is going to be that, but mm-hmm. it, that that one that point one percent can be the difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, what I, what I learned from that experience is that when it comes to raising kids, everything – and we're getting a little bit off topic, so we're going to pull it back here in a minute. But yeah. when it comes to raising kids, everything is is a learning experience. Even, it doesn't matter if you're on your fifth, sixth, seventh kid. Like you say, everybody is individual. Everybody's individualistic and mm-hmm. has their own circumstances. So you're going to learn something new with every child. Um, and as with everything, it's really just a matter of not beating yourself up about the mistakes that you make because yeah. you're going to make mistakes, as with every other area in life. Exactly. Um, but you don't want to beat yourself up or get yourself down on those mistakes. You you want to pick yourself up and, and learn from them and, and move forward and be a, a better and greater influence on your child's life tomorrow than you are today. Exactly. Bringing it back a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. After going over your notes and everything that you've kind of uh, laid out, it's of my personal opinion that this zero to five age is probably the most important the age. Most. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and, and, and you know, with that being the most important, because again, that is my testimony from my oldest son. You know, when he was born, I left for college and I was away for those four, four and a half years. And then to come back and try to, you know, 
reshape this and move forward. I see so many voids or so many instances that I wasn't there, so now I got to, you know what I'm saying, see how I work myself back in five years later, you know, things of that nature. Okay, so moving forward, uh, age 5 to 13. So, you know, now we beyond the initial phase of being an explorer. Now we're, we're able to walk and explore not only just our home or our close, intimate environment. We're getting out and playing outside yeah, and, freedoms, you know, going to places in, in, in the world and mm-hmm. community and the, the grocery store and how we act here, you know. And yeah. it, it just, man, going to first, second grade and being in junior high school now, you yeah. know, sixth to seventh grade and all the things you think about, you know, being in that age and you're introduced to so many things, so many things. Uh, sex, drugs, and violence, as you say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, um, cars, the, just the whole world around you. Well, that's a little early. We're talking 5 to 13. So, I mean, for me personally, I, I didn't really figure out about the sex and the drugs until around 16. I think I was a little bit of a late bloomer on that, okay. to tell the truth. Um one thing about the way that I was raised, the way that my mother decided to raise me that I, I really love a lot is the amount of freedom that she granted me early. Mm. Um, so when we talk about 5 to 13, man, I can remember the apartment complex that we lived in. I would walk the whole apartment complex either by myself or with my sister behind me at six, seven, mm-hmm. eight years old. And that's really not something that still goes on today. Right. Um, you know, people really have a, a little bit of a tighter leash on their kids. I mean, half the time you see people walking around with their kids on leashes. So, <laughs> no you know, doubt. I mean, the, 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 constrict, the constricting of the children is definitely a, a bigger part of life right now. But I remember at that age for me, there was just freedom to explore and, and to yeah. be who you are. Just just take your sister and, and make sure that she's okay. Right, right. You know what I mean? And, and you learn how to meet people. And mm-hmm. You meet mm-hmm. people that, you know what I mean? Not necessarily yes. people that you shouldn't be around. Like, it doesn't mean that you're out talking to strangers all day. No, no. But there's other kids that are exploring that same type of freedom. And then now you're meeting these kids, and, and this is becoming an influence mm-hmm. on you. And, and your ability to converse with somebody or your ability to to make a friend or your ability to go out and explore and learn new things on your own without somebody guiding you. Yes. Like that's another huge part of yes. life right there yes. that, that, that can be taken away or, and I mean, you know, this isn't a parenting show. So, and when we talk about self mastery and, and going back and um, getting to the root, to the core of that apple, yes. when, when you're trying to go back in and when you're trying to figure yourself out, mm-hmm. um, these are ages that you really want to, examine exactly and, closely and closely very closely, closely. It, it takes more it, it's taken me more than just a couple hours to sit back and just think about my past because at this age i'm 27 years old you don't even realize how much you forgot yeah you know what i mean really? so so really? it's it's a good thing when when you're looking back on these on these different ages even to go sit back and talk to talk to your family talk to your grandma mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. to your mama talk to your dad talk to your brother your sister yes. whoever might have been around you at that time that yes. can give you a little bit of insight exactly. as to who you were at that yeah, time exactly. it's always a good thing to go and talk to those people because they'll remind you of things where you'll be like wow i completely forgot about that but yeah. it, it describes me so much and, mm-hmm. and i could really mm-hmm. correlate it to to my struggles now mm-hmm. but i wasn't even thinking about it mm-hmm. you know what i mean so oh. Five to thirteen is another really important age. Very, I'm sitting here thinking, like, dang, yeah. well, maybe that's the most important age. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. And, and you know, different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. We're product product of our environment. And you know, um, you say you was a late bloomer on the sex thing. I, I could vividly recall sixth, seventh grade. It was going down. Okay, it was going up. down. It yeah. was girls with you know bodies that was more developed than my mom oh, in yeah. a sense. Oh you yeah, know? and yeah. they was they were explorers mm. and the young men were explorers so there were yeah. plenty expeditions yeah, shall I'm I say you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I'm with you I'm but you, on that. you know um, yeah very 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 pertinent place to start when you're doing the self reflection and, and you know gathering mm-hmm. your information and trying to figure out who you are and yeah, where you come from yeah it's really more of a, not really more of a matter of the circumstances that we went through because like you say at that age you know you were being introduced to sex and you know I was being introduced to basketball right but it's just a matter of the 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 
the point in which your brain is forming. Exactly. The point that it's at and, yes. and, the, and the, what it's taking in, whether it's this or that, yes. it's going to shape who you are. Exactly. But it's just a matter of going back to that time and thinking, well, what was I doing at that time? You exactly. Know, and it made me into the person that I am today. Yeah. And okay. just... And you know me, I'm big on uh, giving examples of trying to paint a picture. Think of it as um, our lives in this stage is like, if we were to be an onion, this would be the, the what they call it, the the pupil, the pulp, the very inner of the onion. Mm, the the root, I think, is, is what the onion is. Oh, you're talking about the very The very inner middle, layer? the inner layer, the very inner layer. This This is that part of the onion's formation. And mm-hmm. then as life goes on, you're just putting layers on. You're just putting layers on. Yeah. You're just putting layers on. Yeah. You're just putting layers on. So now you have a hand-sized onion, but then you keep putting layers on. You might have yeah. an onion. You may have to hold with two hands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when it's time to go back and do your self-reflection, you got to peel each each layer back. You want to get to that sweetness, you got to yeah. get to the middle. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? You got to get to that middle, baby. Yeah, that's what's up. Exactly. Okay. So that's the, <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's the that's the formation phase, huh? Yes, sir. All that's right. the, that's the formation phase. Cool. I'll tell you what, man. I, I really like that. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we can talk about um, the action phase, which is what thirteen to twenty one. Eight thirteen Another to twenty one. Another important correct. important part of life. Very. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. One for your heart, and the other for your mind. Please listen to researchandexperience.com. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Tune in to Mafia The Reminder and Andre Holston. All right, welcome back to the Research and Experience Podcast. So, with the topic of our thoughts creates our realities, uh, we just finished up and wrapped up on the formation phase, um, ages 0 to 13, with an emphasis on ages 0 to 5. Now we move on to the next stage, which is um, the action stage, the ages 13 to 21, where, you know, um, we had the formation phase, and now we're moving into putting all those formations that we had into actions, into life where we think, mm. in our opinions, in our eyes, how it should go. So, you know, you, you go to high school now. Yeah. <laughs> everything that you think you know Ooh, to go to wait. high school and, and be a part of this big social paradigm where it really ain't nothing but a, you know, different drama and different type of circumstances Ooh, where so many you know what I mean that you can either use for your advantage or your disadvantage you can just as easily be the all pro or I mean you can just as easily be the the, the all-star high school quarterback as you can mm-hmm. be the one that's that's going to drop out next year and, and hasn't been to class in the last you know however long right I mean, you can just as easily be the most popular person in school as they hmm. say or the biggest nerd in school as hmm. they say it's just a matter of what what's important to you at this point and how you formed at this point. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. And, like, when I thought about it and I mentioned high school, that just took life to a whole new level because for me personally, you know, I experienced what I experienced to age 13, but 13 to to 21, it was like, wow, okay, you had your grade school friends, but now – and they were all feeding from one mm. school. Then you go to high school. They feeds from like four or five. Four or five. Schools. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got four or five totally different new worlds and all kind of people. And it's just so much adversity. And and your your life is like, wow, there's so much I can do. There's yeah. so many things I see different. Mm. There's so many people. And, you know, that's when I think that that's the creative phase where, you know, uh, you know, we used to call it, uh, well, my mom and them used to call it doing the dozens. We used to talk about, man, we would talk about, man, you know, roasting, roasting you know, you know, and, and, and I think that was a huge part of roasting because now you used to talk about your friends at, at, from this school, but now you have so much more adversity <laughs> and you yeah. talk about these different people or it'll be something like, well, that school was known for good basketball players. So look at the mm-hmm. basketball players from that school versus the ones from our school. I remember playing against him and, yeah. you know, and then just like it's just so many opportunities to tap into you know and like you said 
a lot of it going to stem from zero to five, but zero to 13. And if you were able to be, oh, I'm sorry, if you were allowed to be an explorer or if your parents held a lease, you know, if you were explored, then you won't have a problem going out socializing and meeting new people. But if your parents had a lease on you, there may be an instance where you may not be as open or you may be hesitant to, you know, start establish new relationships yeah, or just or say to, things. Yeah, and, and even to go somewhere a little bit different with that. Mm-hmm. If if from that young age, zero to thirteen, you were an explorer and, and you were allowed to to not have that leash on you and go out and learn new things, then you'll also have a better idea of how to handle those new things that you, that you're that you're coming into contact with. Rather than maybe if you were more sheltered and more held on a leash, now you're seeing new things and you're still human, so you're still gonna get excited. It's still gonna it's still going to do something to your brain to make you want more, yeah. but you've never experienced it. So now maybe you don't know how to stop. Exactly. You don't know when to stop yeah. or you don't know what's good, what's a good experience yeah. or what's a bad experience. Mm-hmm. You just want experience. Experience. Mm-hmm. And all it is is your, your, your explore phase was uh, postponed. Mm. So now you're picking it up. Whereas me, it was, it was not only allowed as a kid, but at the same time, it was being shaped and formed by the disciplines my mom put into me. Mm. So I was an explorer, but at the same time, I was being disciplined to use my mind. So I had to make accurate choices and decisions so my exploration don't put me in positions because of my choices and decisions. Like growing up, you know, I knew that my mom would whoop me in an instance. Mm-hmm. So I had to do things like, okay, I was introduced to all this stuff in high school. I can't do that. I know mama give me a she'll find out about that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Or, you know, just stuff like that, like smoking weed. I didn't smoke weed until I was 18 years old. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Well, I tell you, Mafia, you were a lot smarter adolescent than I was, man, because I was uh, pretty much all over the place. And it got to the point with me, like from my experience in life, what it seems to be is learning comes from freedom like as as humans we need freedom we need the freedom to move around and and to learn and to explore and to you know that's what we're here for um so the more freedom you have it tends to be the more beneficial yes now it got to the point with me where age 13 and up really probably right when i hit that age 13 Mm -hmm. it got to the point where with me and my mama it was if you're not gonna give me my freedom, I'm just gonna take it anyways. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, I'm, I'm, yes. a, I'm not gonna let you restrict me from doing what I want to do. Okay. And that ended up being such a conflict between me and her because now I'm out here and I'm experiencing, and I'm seeing things that I like, and I don't necessarily have the judgment to judge whether it's good or bad, but uh. I'm seeing what I like, so I'm, I'm moving. Yeah. So when we talk about like weed, man, I probably smoked weed for the first time at 14. Okay. Um, when we talk about okay. high school, mm-hmm. um, man, I probably stopped going to class at age fourteen. Wow. And dropped out at sixteen. You know what I mean? But, okay. But okay. Um, I was actually living in Denver for the end of my eighth grade year into the middle of my ninth grade year, um, and I got expelled out there mm-hmm. um, for fighting and you know just doing all those type of things. Mm-hmm. Came back and just ended up in the same little little group of people where you know it was it was the gang violence and, right right um the drugs and and the, the sex and all that type of stuff so um but yeah so so you you were definitely a lot uh smarter person than than i was at that age mm. but at the same time the things that i was going through at at that time like you know like we say they were shaping me and they were turning me into the person that i am and now that i'm 27 Yes, I can look back at those things as mistakes, mm-hmm. but I can also look back at those things as learning experiences. Yes, And yes. now I know I'm not going to ride around in a car and smoke weed because I'm probably going to end up in jail. Right. And now right. I know I'm not going to go out looking for trouble with people because I'm probably going to end up in some form of violence, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. and in jail. Yeah, um, no doubt. You know what I mean? And uh, just being able to to look back on that time in life mm-hmm. and, you know, analyze it and... Do your self-reflection. Re- yeah, and realizing how my thoughts at the time were creating my reality. You of know course. I, mean? I was constantly thinking about of course. how to be a, a thug or yeah. how to be out yeah. on these streets or yeah. how to get respect <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Yes. And, and, 
man, even even I was even rapping at the time, and you can even hear my music. The well, he just want to sound like you know. 50 Cent or, right, or whoever right, right. happens to be rapping about the, the latest bullshit at the time. Right, like that's, right, right. that's what I thought. That's what my thoughts were telling me was life. Life. You know what I mean? That was your reality. And that's and that was my inner reality, yeah. which I created on my outer circumstance without exactly. even knowing it. Without subconsciously. Subconsciously. Even, yes. even if you don't have control of your inner self like in a way where you can create your own outer reality, your mm-hmm. inner is still going to create your outer. Yeah. It's and, just... Go ahead. And that's amazing that you say that because I've been waiting to say, like, you know, I was experiencing as the same, you know, and you said something earlier about me being smarter than you. Okay. Again, that's those worldly forces, influences from the outside. I wouldn't say I was smarter than you. Mm -hmm. What I would say is I was more wise than you at that time because of that belt and me thinking about the repercussions of my actions, the cause and effect. I had to take these into the equation. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I had to take all the things that was thrown at me, like you influenced it from outside, from inside. I was ready to influence it from inside. I had to influence them from inside because if they influence me, then that may equal whooping, and now I'm not happy. You <laughs> well, understand what I'm saying? Don't, now, don't get me wrong. I took that belt quite often. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just was, my 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 way of dealing with it was more of, Okay, you know you. I can get whoop. I can get a whooping, but my freedom is more valuable to me than just taking this whooping real quick. I have a and, question. Okay, I'm sorry go ahead, go to ahead. cut you off. No, go ahead. I have a question. Uh-huh. Were you afraid of your mom? No. Say no more. That was the only thing I was afraid of. One person my whole life, growing up on the west side of Chicago, drug dealers, gang bangers, people at <laughs> school. I don't care how big they were. I was afraid of one person, bro, mm. and that was my mama. And that was that belt. Man. Real talk. Well, that's something else right there. You see the d- difference? Like, I had to go home to that every day. And that and, and that, that kind of touches on the topic of, of whether or not you're going to whoop your kids more, too, because it's such an individualized type of thing. With you, you know what I'm saying? If you had, if you had that fear of the belt and you say that it affected you in a positive way to where you, you were making more positive decisions... Mm-hmm. That that testifies to the fact that, you know, whooping your kids is a good thing. Yeah. But with me, I was getting them same whoopings, but I, it just kind of made <laughs> me be like, like, no, nah, I'm going to go do this even more now. You know what I'm saying? So for somebody like me, it's kind of like, well, maybe whoopings aren't a good thing and maybe the conversation could have been a little better. Or maybe right. the, the emotional connection or just the connection in general needs to be better. Right. So it's really just a matter of. It's, I mean, it's so. That's why parenting is so hard. Like, that's why there's nothing. That's why you should never hold anything against your parents because it's such a hard yeah. thing to do. Yeah. But, I mean, I it, it's it's individualized. It is mm-hmm. like fingerprints. That's our fingerprints. You yeah. know, you and your mom relationship is gonna be y'all fingerprint because that was y'all experience, which is gonna be different from your moms and your sisters or, you know how. Any other person, you know, your mom in, in a relationship with a friend's kids, you know, is going to be different because it's, it's their own fingerprint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, just getting back to my mom, I, and as you, I was thinking and you were talking, like, fearing a whooping, it wasn't a, I guess I could say, it wasn't so much the fear, it was the cause and effect, more to speak. I hated getting whooping. I hated breaking my mom's heart. I hate letting my mom down. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to let my mom down. Yeah, I, I didn't want to break my mom's heart. Yeah. I wanted harmony when I know there was disharmony within her yeah. that was lived outward th- through and to me. Yeah, and that and that's why I say you were a smarter adolescent than I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I just wanted to be free. Yeah, so, you know, no yeah, straight I up. wanted to be free, but yeah. I really had to contemplate, okay, there's that scale again. All right, pros and cons. I had choices and decisions to make. Let me fall back and, okay, we're going to do this how mama wants this. Yeah. But, you know, I did have those instances. Like, say, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like, I would get in school, get in trouble in school. I, I would get in trouble in school, and uh, I tell them, please don't call my mom, because I knew how it would go down. <laughs> so when I knew they called my mom, she cursed them out. I said, I told you don't call my mom. <laughs> then she tell tell whoever call her, put Mafia on the phone, and she say, you know, I'm getting it. Getting that, yeah, yeah, when you get home, right? <laughs> Don't even trip. So when I got out of school that day, I'm not finna rush home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I probably rush home and do the chores. 
because I knew I had to do that, <laughs> the cause and effect. But I'm going to leave home. I'm going to go to boys' club. I'm going to go to my basketball game, knowing that my curfew at 930, but I'm going to stay out to 1030 just Man. to see the older cats because I'm going to get it regardless. You know, so. Well, I go home, take that whooping, <laughs> and call it a day and keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but so. when, when we take that, like, tie that back into self-mastery, like, how can people use that to um, get a better understanding of how their thoughts are reflecting their reality and, and use that to move forward and, and to have a better mastery of themselves? Okay. Now, we talk about self-mastery by way of controlling one's mind. We just was given what we were given. And we learned to control our mind as such. Yeah. You know, I had a little bit more structure. I wasn't smarter than you. I just had a little bit more structured detail in me having, having to control my mind. And, you know, and it's going to vary from one end to the spectrum where some people had no type of limitations. They were just a dog without a fence. They were able to roam. You know, mom put fences around me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just no... Uh, beautiful wood. It was electrical. You know what I'm saying? So you hit that fence, uh, you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just going to vary from everyone. Yeah. It's just going to vary from everyone. Yeah. I mean, just you just look back on uh, on those time periods and just kind of uh, evaluate how you were thinking and, and how your reality was affected by it. Um, and so then you can compare and contrast that time period to today, our current reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as you're making positive improvements towards your thought, your reality should shape up to to be more positive for you. And then when you look back and compare where you were then to where you are now, that's when you have those stories where you're like, yeah. this is where I came from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know what you just spilled out? Huh. A testimony. Yeah, a testimony. That's everyone has an indiv- a fingerprint. Yeah. That's their testimony. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? And who are we to judge someone's testimony and things like that? Yeah. All right. So, again, everyone, that's the uh, – that's the action phase, ages 13 to 21. And, uh, again, stay with us. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back, and we're going to start the become phase. Book Mafio the Reminder. No group is too small or too big. He does conferences, keynotes, one-on-one coaching, and all types of gigs. Please call our office at 817-900-3955. That's 817-900-3955. Or email him at mafiaurby at researchandexperience.com. All righty, everyone. Welcome back to the Research and Experience Podcast. Um, again, just to recap our uh, topic for today, which is our thoughts creates our uh, realities. Um, we went over a couple of different points of that, which is uh, the first stage of formation, ages 0 to 5. I'm sorry, 0 to 13, with an emphasis on age 0 to 5. And then we have the action phase, which is ages 13 to 21. Now that brings us to our last and final stage, which is the becoming stage. And that's ages 21 until whenever you are and where you are in your life today. Okay. And, um, wow, the becoming phase. Life is a constant stage of becoming. A constant stage of becoming. And if you can look at it like an onion, you're just adding layers to the onion. You're just adding layers to your onion. Hmm. All right. My fault. I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep keep, keep moving. No, I thought that was great. I thought that was great. You know, because if you can conceptualize your life, if you can do a little bit of self-reflection, when you try to re-whatever it is you're doing, redo it, do it over, you're going to have to be able to, you know, get back to that, that seed. Get inside that core and get to that seed of that apple or get back to the beginning or the very middle of that, la- that, that uh, onion by peeling off the layers, you know, so... Man, again, we're the Research and Experience Podcast. Our whole vision is about edifying and enriching. And, you know, we never know how the energy or the spirit of God mm-hmm. going to give us something. Like, we may not understand it, but when this listener hears this, it might be their breakthrough. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, you. we just living, baby. Yeah, I'm with you. We just living, man. So, so, again, you know, the becoming phase, ages 21. What you are or what you have become. All because of, you know... 
what you gathered in your information phase, the action that you put those that information into, and the results, mm-hmm. the cause and effect. The cause and effect. Yeah, that's so real. So real. Where was you at at 21? Oh, 21. Where I, were you at at 21? Excuse my grammar. Now, when you say where were I, where was I mentally, psychologically, physically? All of the above. All of the you above. Because it, it, all, you know, it all correlates with each other. And it does. Mm-hmm. And it does. And uh, if you've been tuned in to us, you probably heard me say about my upbringing, my, my 0 to 13, and then my 13 to 21. Now, my 13 to 20, I'm sorry, my 21, age 21, I was in college. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> All I want to do is get to the NFL so I could take care of my son, you know, have his mom not calling me and stressing me out about money that I didn't have. I'm on a scholarship. I'm trying to work two jobs. And, you know, I just need to focus on, on my grades because my grades were slipping so I could focus on football. It was all a juggling act. So many balls thrown at me at 21. And one of the most impacting choices I made And there's no good, no bad, no right or wrong. But with all those balls I had to juggle, I had this bright idea. (laughs) Let me tell it a bright idea of selling drugs Mm. in college. And the whole purpose behind me doing that was to send money home to my son's mom so she won't be stressing me. I could focus on my grades, keep those intact. Perfect my skills and and my talents as a football player and get to the NFL. You know, and with all that being said, um, some things worked out accordingly and some things different. Some things didn't. I'm sorry. You know, um, I was able to send home money, you know, that hundred $300 I wanted to send. It was any time she called, mm. pick it up in Western Union in an hour. It was nothing. You know, I wanted to pick my grades up. I was on the dean's list. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't juggling so many balls. I wasn't stressed out anymore. You know, football, I... I was in my red shirt junior year, and, man, I was leading in every statistical category pretty much that you could on defense, you know. Um, and everything was going well. And <laughs> and life happens. You know, I was benched for a freshman. And uh, at the point of leading all those statistical categories, and I was, it was just things of life that I was being introduced with. And you know, Why do you think you were benched? In my opinion, because I didn't, I didn't know that you were leading the statistics like that. Yes, I was. Yeah, it was like that, and uh, I was benched for a freshman whose parents were. And this is just my opinion, my perception on the situation. His parents was every, at every home game, every way game. They were on a part of the booster. You know, I've been in the school three, four years. They never seen my mom. Mm. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Probably feeding a little bit of money to the school. Whatever it was, like but. That. In my opinion, it was just politics as usual. Yeah, politics as usual. You no, know, politics as usual. That's one of those things in life that everybody has to come into contact with, the politics of it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's you can't really control your outer circumstances. You can only control your inner. And it's, it's all about the way that you think about those politics. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. And, you know, it was like something that meant so dear to me, something that got me so far in life up to this point, which was football, you know, I saw myself struggling with the love of it, struggling with even wanting anything to do with it. You know, when this situation happened, it was hard for me to go to practice. It was hard for me to fake like I wanted to do it because I felt I was faking Mm. because my heart wasn't 100% with it. So, you know, I went and had a, um, a talk with the head coach, and, you know, I was candid. I told him exactly how I felt, and I told him, man, listen, I understand you have a business to be ran. I do. And uh, I'm not trying to come between that. But, Coach, I cannot go back to the ghetto without a degree. I can't. So is there anything we can possibly do to help me keep my scholarship so I could graduate? Hmm. I'm not taking this personal or nothing, but I'm just telling you, I cannot go back to the ghetto without a degree. It's not an option. So by the grace of God, man, by the grace of God, this gentleman let me cut up game film on Sundays to keep my scholarship. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it was just thing. Same thing happened to my best friend. You know, we came from the same grade school, same high school, same scholarship. Same thing happened to him about same season, a couple games later. Oh, man, he cussed out 
the kid who they gave the position mm-hmm. to. They cut, he cussed out the position. Coach. Man, they snatched the scholarship so quick. But by the grace of God, his father now, his parents had the money to continue his education. Yeah. So that's, that's thoughts creating reality. You, know? you see probably, what I'm saying? You know, as soon as, he, as soon as he found out he got cut, he probably had that little flash of anger where he just He got rage. benched, not cut. Oh, I mean, yeah, benched, bench, I'm sorry. Um, had that little flash of anger where you just see red and then mm-hmm. without even thinking about it or without even giving it a second thought, just mm-hmm. going with that initial one, you just charge forward and, mm-hmm. you know, you ruin your circumstances where, you know, you know, somebody like you had a little bit more of an insight as to what you were really there for. Because yeah. I think it's, I think it's yeah. so interesting or, or so eye-opening how you talk about this love for football that you have and or that you had and... and how everything was about the game, but ultimately you knew that at the end of the day, the reason I came here was to get my degree. And that was a process I had to go through. Mm-hmm. When I first went, I was, man, I'm here to play football. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All yeah. that other stuff. What grades? Uh, advisor? Man, give me bowling, soccer, racquetball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. I'm going to go play football. I'm going to try to lead early. You know, that was my thoughts. But I was in a classroom one day, and I thought about it like, you know, man, what happened if I get hurt? Because I've seen people get hurt and not play again or people get hurt and they get their position took and stuff like that. So that was my aha moment to say, you know what? I got to get this degree. Mm-hmm. And it happened in my second year. Actually, my first year. We were in trimesters back then. It happened, it happened my second trimester of my first year. And it really changed my life to the point where, okay, I used to sit second half. I'm sorry, half of the classroom on back. At that point, if I wasn't in the first row, I wasn't right. You know, when I registered for a class, before the class even started, every class, I went and introduced myself to that professor. I told him my desires of achievement and trying to get an A in that class and how much it was a pleasure to be in their class. Mm. And you would be amazed at how, you know, when I struggled with something, that the professor would help me. You know, when I needed information or trying to formulate not just my my classroom curriculum, but my life, they would just open themselves up and and make themselves accessible to me by giving me information of guidance or whatever it was I was asking for. Building that rapport, that was amazing. Like, I don't even, I can't even recall what happened, but it happened, and it was very impacting. You know, um, I was invited to be a part of a, a, a staff um when they hired a staff i was on the panel you know they had to have two students i was asked to be on that panel for the social and behavior sciences department so you know when you make decisions and choices they can go either way for you and just so happened this how this went for me this yeah. is how my choice the direction my choice you know positioned me yeah. and so you know yeah. i was able to turn being benched to a okay I hated football when I was cutting that football up on Sundays. I hated it. I didn't want to watch football. I told my friends I don't want to hear about the game. Don't tell me. As long as y'all healthy, I'm straight. So then I'm like, man, I love football, toiling with myself back and forth. So I say, you know what? I got to go back and help people. I got There's millions of kids that have the same dreams and desires I do about football. So I'm going to go back home and I'm going to coach football. And I did. Mm. That's when I coached football for 10 years because – I wanted to be the bridge or the, the one to come back and, and tell these kids, okay, all your dreams, you had your dreams now, but they can change. So you got to have backup plans. You got to have the right mindset. You got to be focused on what it is you're focusing on, whatever your focus is, you know. And when these things happen, you had Coach O to tell you about it, so <laughs> you can never say you've never heard about it before, you know. That was the reason I wanted to come back and coach. That was the reason I wanted to come back and teach. So I can be a, 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 a enrichment and an edification on whoever I came in contact with in my classrooms or on my football teams. And that's from freshman all the way to varsity. And your thoughts created a reality. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And look at it now. You know what I mean? You know. So that's kind of my becoming phase, and I'm sorry to kind of take it over. No, 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 no. You know, that, was, that, was, that was a hell of a story right there, to tell the truth, man. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, man, let's go ahead and take our last break, and let's bring it back in, and let's, let's, let's knock it out. No doubt. Are you ready for a power hour that will change your life? 
packed with information filled with tons of sharing. We'll lock and load the hottest podcast, Research and Experience, at researchandexperience.com. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Research and Experience podcast. Today's topic is Our Thoughts Create Our Realities. Mafia, it's been a hell of a topic and a hell of a journey with you, man. I really appreciate you bringing this to our attention today. If you're just tuning in, I would definitely recommend to go ahead and rewind to the the very beginning of this podcast and give it a listen. We went over the different periods in life um, from birth to age 13 being the formation. Um, This is basically when... You're, you're forming your habits, you're forming your outlook on the world, you're, you're taking in all those outer influences and, it, and it's shaping you as you move forward. Um, then we went towards age 13 to 21 where a lot of those things that, that, that have been formed in you are now starting to take action in your life and, and you're starting to really see the results um, as an independent person that's, that's growing more in life. Um, and then from there we went to age 21 and up which is um, basically everything manifesting in you and, and you being, you are what you've become. So you can take that knowledge and, and hopefully use it um, in your daily life and, and use it to reflect on where you've been um, and, and where you are and where you're going and, and reflect on how your thought has affected your reality and, and how your thought has helped to shape your reality and what you were thinking at that time and what you're thinking today and, and what you, what thought habit you want to put in place today so that tomorrow you know you you progress even more when when it comes to that subject so really strong topic mafio like i say man i i, I always appreciate sitting down and talking this knowledge with you it's 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 an asset to me and 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 i look forward to continuing to do that um, with that being said do you, you have anything going on anything you want to talk about before we go ahead and close it out well, of course, you know, I just want to, again, remind our listeners of the empower, Empowered Women and Men on a Move Tour. It's a Sinaian City tour comprised of some amazing testimonies from some amazing people, male as well as, well as female. Um, as far as uh, next month, we start the tour off in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, February 18th. Um, then we're here. Next city after that is Dallas in March. Um, that's March 25th. So I just wanted to put that out there. You can get tickets for that at uh, www.eventbrite.com. So please do uh, edify and enrich yourself by many vices, <laughs> to say the least. You know. So I just wanted to put that out there. And, uh, of course, any questions, concerns, comments, thoughts, ideas, please feel free to share them with us at our website, www dot research and experience dot com. Uh, everything is welcome as well as encouraged. But again, I thank you for joining us. It's been a blast hanging with you this evening and, sp- you know, sharing our word. Y'all have a wonderful evening till we meet again. Yeah, y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all next week on Monday. <laughs>